0: Welcome to my nameless podcast that is devoted mostly to geeky things. I'm your host, Tom Wade, and the goal of this podcast is to talk about the things we love. Movies, comic books, books, TV shows, music. And hopefully in each episode, we can share in a topic or two uh, the love of the things that bring us this joy. Now, I first discovered Kevin's videos about three or four years ago. Uh, I'd mainly been ingesting a diet of media analysis video essays on YouTube. I stumbled upon videos from Sean, he's the skull guy, um, responding to people like Stefan Molyneux uh, on Star Wars and Wonder Woman. Uh, And this resulted in Kevin's video series, The Descent of Man, O Sphere, popping up in my feed. Now, for the past few years, he's moved into more of a streaming format, uh, streaming almost daily, uh, both by himself and also with a co-host, Christy Winters. Each stream can range from two to three hours and sometimes longer. And usually cover current events, politics, uh, analyzing videos from individuals like the previously mentioned Carl Benjamin, and also pictures of animals being adorably cute. Kevin has also produced videos dunking on and exposing the terrible logic of educational institution PragerU. Welcome to episode 11. Today's a little different. For this episode, is not going to be about a book or a movie or a comic or a television show or even uh, music. No, today we're going to be looking at a YouTube channel, and my guest is the host of that channel. The CEO of Antifa himself, Kevin Logan. Kevin's a UK citizen who started his channel about five years ago with a series of videos focusing on the fabled Manosphere or maybe infamous would be a better way to phrase it. Uh, Kevin explored uh, these disturbing folks and their ideas. People like uh, Stefan Molyneux, uh, Dennis Arrini, and Sargon of Akkad himself, Carl Benjamin. And those videos were kind of, I missed, like I missed a lot of stuff coming in. I, when it came, you know, like, I didn't jump in on the skeptic movement originally. Uh, so I never got drawn into it from any perspective. And so uh, when Gamergate happened, I was catching at playing catch up on yeah. all that stuff. So your video, the, so those videos were ones where I was like, okay, I'm equally fascinated by these, but not fascinated in a good way. <laughs> because, oh yes, you know, <laughs>
1: It might, so, so no. I was just going to say, my whole yeah. my whole point was never to be, um, never to make a video where people were like, "Oh, I'm really glad I'm watching this." Yes, <laughs> but that's that was never the point, you know. This this was like uncovering, this was throwing light on things that needed to have light thrown on them, but that shouldn't ordinarily exist.
0: Exactly. Yes, and uh, so now, was that? Were you pretty much just when you started doing those? Because at least currently on your page. Those are the oldest videos. Were those ones where you were, uh, was that kind of your start at doing like the video essay formats?
1: Yeah, basically. I mean, I, I have, I'd been making videos for about probably six months before then, although I'd been around a lot longer. Like I'd been yeah. sort of um, an observer within the skeptic community. Um, uh, and I'd sort of been doing videos and getting to, to learn how to like edit and stuff. And it's still a skill I'm not massively brilliant at, <laughs> but I, it's a thing I do. And then I yeah. came up with the title of The Descent of Man, oh, O so Sphere, yeah, which is a play on the the Darwin. Right. Book. And the idea that we're revol- we're not evolving anymore, we're now devolving <laughs> back to some primitive state. Um, which I think the kind of those chud type people uh, yes. rather effectively show. Um and so I just wanted to um I don't know. Throw a light on the individuals because they're fascinating. As you say, with people like Stefan Molyneux, yeah. who was one of the first. I think he was like episode five or something. He, um, it, uh, he. I find those people fascinating because I don't, I don't understand what they are or what they, what they're about, really. And so I wanted to do uh, a series, sort of analyzing them, and also going, oh look, these people are terrible. terrible.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, some because some of those people I never ran into because they. They were just below that you know they were never achieving quite the recognition of say the jordan petersons or stephen molyneux you yeah. know and even those two there's a difference in level but then there was sargon <laughs> who and, and and i you know he was one of those ones that suddenly just became big for everybody well before he tried to do the politics he got response video, I, it was not hard to find people doing response videos to him, but you got, yeah. was cause I know you did have like actual stream. like you, you debated him online. You, you yeah. and Christie have debated him. Mm-hmm. And it, w- was that just one of those things that came about because being, you being in the same general
1: region were well, more, more I, easily aware of each other? Um, possibly I suppose but I mean it's uh, I did a, a very short lived series called uh, What Sargon of a Cad Got Wrong Now <laughs> where I, where I analysed his stuff and he saw one of the videos and he responded um, and then contacted me um, uh, via t- t- Twitter or Facebook or something and, um, uh, and it got in contact with me and said do you want to come on and do a stream and it was the first ever live stream I ever did Okay, and it was four hours long and we talked about a million and one different things, and uh, inadvertently it was the birth of um, my nickname Kurt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which was a strange thing, which happened slightly after that. But that was that conversation was the birth of that because of uh, a misunderstanding involving a man called Davis Orini, who I believe oh, was yes. the was he the second episode of I the center
0: of Manosphere. I um, think so. Yeah, he, he, I know he was one of the earliest ones because yeah. he was part of that whole Anita Sarkeesian.
1: You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. He hate, was one of the mob. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He was one of the two original um, progenitors of what was called the Sarkesian effect, which was a <laughs> documentary series, which uh, or documentary uh, standalone thing, which I did a series of taking the piss out of, um, it, and we, which I depict him as an evil egg because that's what he looks like. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, and no, I, I called out Carl for that because uh, Carl had—he's he a, a neo-Nazi, right? He's a holocaust denied piece of shit. Yes. So Carl had had him on the channel and like pimped out his horrible co- upcoming, you know, uh, documentary about Sarkeesian and all the rest of it. And so I called him out on that. And uh, Davis already responded because Davis already clearly didn't know that Carl had like disavowed him or whatever. And so in the <laughs> thing, he says, "Oh, in this conversation with this guy called Kurt Logan." He does z So I left a sarcastic comment underneath saying, "Kurt, how dare you call me Kurt? You piece of shit!" Blah blah blah. Um, obviously over the top. Obviously being sarcastic. Yeah. just a meme. And uh, but they took that on seriously. And so for a while, fascists were calling me Kurt, thinking that it offended me. So I just went with it. You know.
0: Yeah, I never. T- okay, so yeah, I I had never caught that. And then when your Twitter handle ended up being Kurt, yeah. after yeah, t- Twitter is one of those weirdly fun places because i do get to like interact with people who are doing things that i admire or enjoy you know yeah. and yet at the same time when i see what other people deal with i'm just like i'm impressed the that more people that i haven't seen more people kind of you know do the kill you know you get you'll sometimes like contrapoints is killed her channel or her Twitter feed more than once. And I understand, I I do understand when folks who aren't, aren't trying to have that kind of, you know, volatile Twitter, Twitter life (laughs) do do that. But I'm always like, for me, I'm really mouthy politically when it comes to Twitter. I'm very different than, you know, like my Facebook is where my family is. And I'm just like, I'm not going to get into it, even though a lot of them are generally closer to what I think. I have a few Trump-loving relatives,
1: you know. uh, My condolences.
0: Yes. Oh, I've had some moments. And, Mm. you know, so Facebook, I tend to be more measured in my criticisms, you know, typing up messages that'll like sound like I have. It's extreme disappointment. Yeah. With people, you know, as uh, opposed to just doing the, you know, conservative suck <laughs> on Twitter.
1: Well, I, I mean, to be honest, there are, only, there are very few people in the world. This is going to sound possibly even slightly sociopathic, but <laughs> there are very few people in the world whose opinion I really, like, don't want to upset, if that makes sense. Look, there are lots of people who I care about. Um, yeah. Lots of people who watch my stuff like yourself or whatever. But obviously, I don't know you in 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 real life. So right. There are like, say my parents... Uh, maybe one or two close friends, um, and that's about it, really. So I just go and say what I say, um, and people either are okay with that or they're not. not. but either way, like it's that's me. That's that's or well, certainly that's the part of me I'm prepared to show online. <laughs> Obviously, I'm less wary in real life. Really? Would, I'd get you'd get killed being that <laughs> aggressive in real life. But um, that's that's the the face I show because I, I don't really care if people react badly <laughs> to
0: it. <laughs> Well, you know, that's something that I had noticed uh, that I've known, especially in the live streams, you don't, a lot of folks who would be seen as some brand of left, left Twitter or not Twitter, left uh, YouTube do get very conscious of like, am I going to get demonetized or whatever? And your, your attitude is, I was kind of like, well, if I don't get demonetized, that's nice, but I don't care. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah look i mean i'm not gonna i'm not prepared to be at the whims of like tos too much now i understand there are certain things that one all right would say but in terms of like, i'll i'll do a few edgy jokes and stuff and never get demonetized that's the that's not the end of the world i can live with that i think
0: the the first gate i actually had direct involvement in dealing with was the comics gate folks uh so oh, like those Brent pretty mess yeah. yeah uh you know, so that community I'm very familiar with, and <laughs> you know, Ethan Van Skyver and those wonderful, wonderful types. Well, I've
1: had both Renfamous and Ethan on yeah. my channel, yeah. Um, I like Renfamous, not so much with uh, EBS, <laughs> e- no.
0: yes. EBS is, I, and he's gotten worse when I see his tweets. It's like, oh man, he's just these, and that was the thing, you know, I with those early videos. I would be so drawn in and yet repulsed by these people because I'm just like, how do you get to that mindset? You know, how do you become a coach red pill? And then you watch someone like Tim pool, who at least made the proclamations of being left. And then you look at what he clearly, you can see him shift and shift and shift to the point where, yeah, you're, you're not fooling anyone, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, the, to a degree they do, but they, they'll fool, yeah. well, idiots and like, yes. kids. And unfortunately those are the groups that are most easily swayed or most uh, mostly affected by it, and that's potentially enormously dangerous going forward.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, because it seems like their audiences tend to be largely you know, younger male mm. who... and. And I feel like the hard part that these guys have generated is healthy skepticism is hard to distinguish from not, you know, from paranoia anymore, because yes, you should be skeptical of what mainstream media tells you, but that should include the conservative mainstream media sites too. And these guys are usually far more forgiving or they'll accept the, left they, they'll totally accept left or you know a left-wing site if it's backing up what they want to believe
1: yeah oh no you absolutely know? yeah they can well that's the conspiracy theory mindset in in a nutshell and, and tim paul is that he's a conspiracy yeah. theorist he might dress it up as being a journalist but he's not uh, and alex jones does this all of them do this paul yep. joseph watson if it's um if an article suits them, like if the New York Times publish a thing saying, Oh, there is nefarious intent on behalf of the US government or something, they'll they'll go with that. But when the when they come out and say, No, actually, they're not uh, there isn't a satanic paedophile cult trying to destroy <laughs> the world, they'll go, see, that's exactly what I would expect yeah. for a group defending a <laughs> satanic paedophile cult. Which means it basically the and this is the heart of Trumpianism, I think. Yeah. That destroying people's belief in what true reality actually is allows you to manipulate them so much easier because you can deny anything you can literally see a crowd of thousands of trump supporters attack the Capitol and go oh well that's antifa yeah
0: oh exactly And Just and and, mad. and you know they can have all these arrests of people who are absolutely without a doubt they're right-wingers they're 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 right-wing trump supporters but they get that one guy who's apparently some kind of left-wing agitator and that's the proof that really it it was really led by them and it's like i don't see anybody following this guy and and the one guy that they had just now once you start investigating his background well it turned out a a lot of left-wing groups have been disavowing him for the last couple years and haven't wanted him to participate in their protests.
1: Yeah, he got kicked out of the, the Seattle, the Chaz yeah, the- thing, because he was clearly just, yeah, like you say, an agitator. Now, he could be left-wing, or he could be right-wing, or yeah. nothing at all. It doesn't really matter. He's just a guy who wants to go and do rioting.
0: And he doesn't, and and with him, that one guy is not suddenly proof that there was a huge secret Antifa army, and yet you have Republicans still going on you know, the floor of Congress, you know spreading completely fabricated ideas
1: yeah and well that's, yeah that you have well you have qanon people on the floor yeah. of the congress now and that's a terrifying prospect
0: oh i i feel like qanon that that should actually be a disqual if you believe qanon you should not you should that should disqualify you for being able to hold office because
1: yeah
0: that's just that is scary they're, they're well, do, it's-
1: Well, it is scary, especially when they're refusing to take these metal detector tests, because basically you believe that everyone in that room is a satanic, pedophilic cult member who wants to destroy America. And you're refusing to tell the police whether you have a gun on you. I would suggest that that would be a fair enough reason to suggest that you maybe you maybe have violent intent towards those people and that you're a very dangerous person that shouldn't be allowed in there.
0: (laughs) And you add to that every day there seems to be some new leak of information that indicates that some of those people who were in the, in, in there to be voting uh, or on that day ratifying, you know, the, the votes. Yeah. Some of those people were clearly helping the uh, protesters with information.
1: Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. And, well, there's there's about six congressmen it appears the CCTV footage yeah. they were showing people around the day before, which would I mean in usual times wouldn't be that suspicious because no you know, but they haven't been but, doing tours of that building since March,
0: and and to, you know the day before it happens yeah yeah that that seems pretty uh, pretty convenient that they just happen to make sure to get those people in the day before a protest.
1: Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty suspect to me. Yeah, yeah.
0: As you have moved on, because you did like what, nearly sixty uh, of the Descent of Man O Sphere videos.
1: Yes, about uh, that money. Yeah,
0: I think as I, I think when I was looking, at, looking back at the page, there was uh, somewhere from fifty-seven to sixty, and then you also started the Prager Fu <laughs> series. Yes, uh, which. PragerU is a fun target, it seems, for people, because they are just, they are so ridiculous. And I hate how they would buy ad time, where it would be a whole PragerU video to play before something you were going to (laughs) watch.
1: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, that's where they get most of their views from, is from ads and stuff. They're a completely astroturfed joke of a thing that no one really, I don't think, believes them, but that's what they, that's all they are. They're just a propaganda outlet. And it's they they say such absurd, obviously false things. It's uh, it's kind of easy and funny to just go look at these idiots. Yeah. They're idiots.
0: Oh, you know, because that is a lot of the response videos kind of started to get to the point of, not just not just the Prager Fu videos, but just in general response videos that people were doing. It was like everyone started to learn the routine. Okay, let's take a look at these uh, reports they're citing. Oh, it doesn't actually say what they said. It They just went off a headline, obviously. Kind of like, uh, you know, Sargon or Tim Poole both do, where it's like they read the headline and, d- and decide what the article has said.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, because uh, the core of conservatism is that they've already got their answer. And they're just going to try and fit whatever vague uh, association word, association bullshit game to try and uh, fit together bits of information, whether it's true information or bits of shite from 4chan or whoever. Uh, they'll just throw it all together and go, oh, look, that's that's convincing because they already had their answer. And that's why it's like I people have asked me to debate um, people on uh, the election results and whether it's all rigged and blah, blah, blah. But there's no point because... No amount of evidence I ever show them will convince them that they're wrong. They believe all the, the
0: odd, you know, if there's some oddball person who comes forth and says, you know, I saw demons hauling bags of, <laughs> of, of uh, new votes for Biden that didn't exist until the demons brought them, they're going to go, well, that, that's compelling. We, we need to hear that person out. That should be investigated.
1: Well, yeah, Melissa Carone yes. exists <laughs> and and was taken seriously by these people. Well, at that point, that you're beneath my contempt. I'm not going to debate and, that. That's stupid.
0: Yeah, and and it was so you know they tried so hard to just basically they I it was very clear they were just trying to overwhelm people so that yeah none of these people are credible, but we're going to throw so many people at you it's just going to become too much work to discredit each story you know yeah and then exactly yeah
1: it's just it's just bullshit baffles brains that's precisely their strategy
0: and that you know that that's a core part of trump he just is constantly assaulting us with stuff so that news you know I, i was gonna originally say that i've been listening to you for about 75 years you know back at the beginning back at the beginning of the trump presidency
1: yeah oh yeah no it does i mean well look at the 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 new year is 16 days old and it feels like you've had a year's worth of news already
0: i i I mean really and with like with what happened on the fifth nobody most of you know you saw a lot of people on twitter going how could we have seen this coming? Well, we did. And I I agree. I get that. But it's kind of like the people who love to go, Hillary warned us. And it's like, Hillary didn't warn me of anything. I already thought Trump was going to be that, the same disaster. I, I thought all the things Hillary claimed he was going to do were true. I didn't yeah. need her to tell me. I, I know who Trump is.
1: <laughs> but that's the thing. I think a lot of people don't necessarily, because yeah. it's easy when you get, and I, this is the, the, the curse of the, the streamer or whatever, the curse of the content creator, is don't get sucked into um, believing that the online discussion is anything remotely like it is, out, like out is in the real world. True. Um, he, because most people aren't focused on it. Most people have no idea about kafifi okay. or whatever. Look, they don't know any of these things because they're not watching. They're getting on with their lives. They're doing whatever they're... normal people do, whatever, I don't know, do, uh, playing cribbage is that a thing? I don't. Yeah, know.
0: yes, yes. That uh, cribbage is a thing here.
1: Yeah. Uh, so they're so they're, just, so they're doing that. They're, they're dabbing and uh, playing with their sp- fidget spinners or whatever. Yes, yes. Um, so, yes, because it's 2017. You understand? Yes. Uh, yeah. So the the um, they're, they're getting on with their with their lives. Normally, they don't know what they're doing. Like they're not, I think most people who vote for Trump didn't wouldn't say that they voted for a fascist. Not because they don't necessarily know what fascism is, although I would suspect they probably don't, uh, but because they don't even know really what Trump is. They just know, well, I vote Republican, and that's that.
0: They, they know Trump was the guy they saw on TV when they watched him on The Apprentice, not realizing yeah. that that kind of is descriptive of how he leads. You know, yeah. it looks fine. My like wh- one of my things was, I knew he was a, a an awful jerk. You know, to be polite with, who probably was full of, full of shit because I watched him on TV, but I don't care about reality TV stars being jerks, who cares, you know, but when they're going to run for president, he doesn't have any qualities. I I commented uh, on Twitter the other day uh, and, you know, and somebody, and actually also someone's Facebook page that the thing that amazes me about Trump is he doesn't even accidentally stumble into like being virtuous. He, 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 he's, he's not even capable of broken clockism, you know, being, (laughs) being that right twice a day, he will find a way to, even if it seems like he might be making a good decision, finally, he'll find a way to just flip it on its head and make you go, uh, prison reform might be a bad idea because he, (laughs)
1: because of how he's presenting it you know well yeah because he's just a, an intensely vulgar human being yeah. everything he does he does in the most garish and gaudy fashion he possibly can um i think the the thing that summed it up perfectly is that shot of him in front of those in, in the white house with those uh mcdonald's hamburgers yes he's gonna feed to the national champion and you think jesus christ america you've you've dropped yeah. so far this is this is like the tackiest human being ever. I, I've, I, never, I've never known a person... Not only is he not good effectively, look, if yeah. he was gaudy and garish, but also got the job done, that would be fine. I wouldn't care. But the fact that he's also the most incompetent person yes. to ever hold that office is really quite something as well.
0: Well, and he's this person who values... Um, he values loyalty to him, but he has never ever in his history... Shown a sense of loyalty to anyone else, and I think that was the thing. Uh, after when they when he came on TV and said we're gonna we're gonna go after these people, this was terrible. And then all his supporters who were there were like, "Whoa, he betrayed us!" And I'm like, a lot of those people are plugged in online, and it's like, how do you not? How could you have gotten this far and not realize that at some point? He will throw you under the bus because the only person he cares about is himself. If he he can toss, if something comes up where throwing, you know, all his kids and Melania to the wolves will save him, he'll do it. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Look at every every single member of his cabinet that's gone. He always throws them under the bus. It's always, they're always the worst person in the world all the rest of it he will throw anyone under the bus. I don't know why Rudy Giuliani took this thing on because he was obviously never going to pay him and oh, but Rudy's yeah. known him for 40 years. Why didn't he realize this?
0: It, it, it's so that that one is so insane the fact that he has stayed a true believer this whole time not yeah. I, I mean in that sense of I'm gonna be I'm gonna be faithful to to Donald Trump and I'm gonna defend him with every last ounce I have no matter how much it ruins me because it's clear that he's getting ruined uh, you know that i mean i mean they just what was it they, they isn't i i swear i read that he's ultimately uh, on the verge of being disbarred now
1: yeah absolutely yeah you know the um, new york bar have uh, issued a have in uh, started an investigation into him yeah he's going to lose his law license yeah,
0: i i mean he has the, he had all of this goodwill built up after nine eleven, and I've not—I mean, he—he he chucked it in the wood chipper. Yeah, to go well, all he, in on Trumpism even before he was like officially part of the Trump party. Yeah, exactly. Well, he ran for
1: uh, president, if you remember, and yeah. decided to do weird racism, and that that hurt him a lot. And then decided to go all in on the like you say the Trump train, and um, yeah, he's he's totally himself now. He's got nowhere to go. He's got uh and I think a lot of it's true for a lot of them. Once you've got the Trump stank on you, it's gonna be it difficult to get employment anywhere else. And I mean Rudy's absolutely he's done now. Well and, know- and it's fair for him to be this bad because he's clearly yeah. brought that profession into disrepute. He's dragged it through the mud. Oh yeah. Just nonsense. I mean look It's one thing, lawyers are supposed to lie We all know that, that's part of the profession You go in there knowing the guy's a murderer And you try to get him off from the murder charge Murder, right It's the adversarial system, it's whatever But to just go out and outright Just make up any old nonsense Just, oh we've got affidavits of stuff I'm going to bring out this drunk bitch And have her scream about The the deep state or whatever Like it's just unbelievable Again, and it shows the tackiness Just the gaudy humiliation of America at the hands of this Trumpian cabal.
0: When I, you know, when I watch, and and he just keeps going and they're they're in this constant, the thing that I discovered is I remember in the early days of Trump, people who are no longer folks I talked to would, you know, they would be the ones accusing people of having Trump derangement syndrome if you had criticisms of Trump. But they all were like, he's playing 4D chess. He's he's brilliant. He's, oh, you say he's crazy. He's crazy like a fox. And (laughs) their whole thing, and it's like, because it was working for him, it was, they thought it was brilliance. And it's like, if one thing that became so evident with Trump is he says whatever he has to say to get out of an immediate moment.
1: Yeah, oh, you know, it's short term. Yeah, he's Absolutely. not
0: thinking farther ahead. He's right. thinking how do I get out of this uncomfortable conversation that I'm in right
1: now. Yeah. And, and that's why and, his his lies always come back to bite him in the ass because he never remembers 5 seconds ago. He's like he's he's, he's a goldfish. He's yeah. a political goldfish. He forgets 5 seconds later and then does a completely different thing, which is why it's uh, you have such an incontinent government right now. Yes. Is that you have policy being made on the whims of whoever the last person he spoke to was, because that's the only thing he can remember. And then someone else gives him completely conflicting information because that's what happens. That's, you know, you get a lot of information from different sources and different political uh, persuasions pulling you different ways. Um, And he has no idea what to do. He's so completely uh, unsuitable and incapable of doing the job.
0: And there's always been that talk that he didn't actually expect to win and he Uh kind of was scared. But I think it's also very clear that whatever it is, he does love power. So whether he anticipated winning or not, once he had the power, he wanted to keep it because you can tell because he doesn't really understand what he actually has the ability to do.
1: Yeah. You know, I absolutely you can tell his power hungry nature by the fact that even at the end now we're at the absolute tip end of all of this, and he wants to go and do a 21 gun salute to himself as he leaves.
0: Which is not why you do a 21 gun no. salute. That's
1: for a very specific elite group of people. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I I'm I'm trying really hard to just be positive about, you know, the incoming administration because a I voted for them because I knew they, I, I knew they were going to be better no matter what. even if they did almost nothing that I a- agreed with. Yeah. They were still gonna it, it was gonna still be an improvement, no matter what. But I still, and then all of a sudden I see news like yesterday where it's like the uh, Biden's presented his plan that everybody's fawning over. Uh, and I see his uh student debt relief went from being wiping out fifty thousand for everybody, you know, up to fifty thousand for everyone with student loan debt in the country to ten thousand dollars. And I'm like, Biden, you can't you can't stick to that. And yet I, I totally understand why people wanted Leap to, you know, kind of defend him on this stuff because it's like. We we still have Trump in office, and they haven't really an, enacted anything. And yeah. maybe AOC and and Bernie and and all of the squad, uh, maybe they'll push and get a, a higher amount. And for me, ten thousand. If they wiped ten thousand, that'd be that'd be fine. But for me, a lot of these things that really concern me aren't about them uh, impacting me because, frankly, under Trump even I, I'm a, I'm a cis heterosexual white guy. Yeah. You know, I I don't believe in God, which is about the only thing that puts me in a place where, you know, where I'm not fully hardcore mainstream, you know, but under Trump, Trump wasn't a threat to me overall. And I know that I know that four more years of Trump would have, wouldn't have probably been devastating for my life but I'm not looking at it for me because it doesn't matter who's president for me. Again, heterosexual, cis, white guy.
1: Yeah. Like I'm,
0: that. I'm, I'm pretty darn safe and I am. But on the other hand, I, I, I know too many people who were absolutely facing harm and lives being made worse because of, Trump and I'm not going to sell those people out because I'm okay. I, I, you know. I, yeah. I, 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 I think that's the hardest thing. You know, and people if people want to call that virtue signaling, okay, you got now, me. It, I no, I don't
1: <laughs> No, I don't think that is virtue signaling at all. I mean, I yeah. virtue signaling is a slightly ridiculous thing, which I've explained previously yes (laughs) it's self-defeating on the basis that by saying virtue signaling as an accusation to someone else you are yourself virtue Virtue signaling that you are virtuous (laughs) anyway so it's apart but even apart from that uh the idea of virtue signaling is that it's a kind of hollow gesture whereas this isn't you're literally saying i'm going to potentially forego my own interests in service of people who need uh help more that's an actually concrete difference that you're attempting uh, to make whether that gets made or not is irrelevant to the point yeah. it's uh you're attempting to do what is the best or at least least worst uh thing you can do for another group of people which is um a, an actual uh act it's a difference between larping and reality i suppose uh, in the yeah. you're doing reality here
0: when you had uh i'm sure you saw yesterday on twitter all those people trying to put out the yes but if we raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, yeah, that means fast food workers could be making the same as teachers. Th- that's an indictment of how low we pay teachers, not yeah. how high you'd be paying <laughs> a fast food worker.
1: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And not just that, but uh, regardless of what you do for a living, you should be able to live on that. Yes. Like that's so obviously the case. And secondly, like, there's always this hysteria it happened i remember when i was a a younger man um uh, when britain introduced a minimum wage because we didn't get a minimum wage here till like 99 2000
0: oh Um, wow i didn't realize that Um, oh wow
1: yeah and um i remember when it was introduced it was going to be a devastation to the economy we were going to lose 60.4 trillion jobs it was going to be uh devastating no and it wasn't it was fine no jobs were lost it was absolutely fine in fact I actually had a short-term uh, bump because people who um, were poorer and therefore need to spend a higher percentage of their money just to survive had more money with to spend and to put into the economy um and the same is true uh, across the board now yeah. if you raise it to uh, 10 grand an hour that would have issues. There's no doubt that that would have a knock-on effect (laughs) and make profitability of companies rather (laughs) difficult. But $15 an hour is not that much for companies making billions of dollars. And for the smaller companies for which that might be an issue, A, A, you either go red in tooth and claw capitalism, and they go to the wall because that's just the way it is. Or what I think is a more humane way is to have some sort of system of uh, workers' tax credits on the local level, so that the mum and pop stores are con- still competitive with that. Um, again, it's a matter of having: if you're going to do capitalism, do it in a compassionate way that allows people to actually live reasonable lives. Well.
0: Uh, actually, a great example of virtue signaling was the Republicans getting worried about but what if rich people get those two thousand dollar checks?
1: Yeah, well that, this and, is the problem with means testing. Means testing never actually hurts um, the uh, the rich or anything like that. It's, yeah. it, uh, it, it always hurts the poorest. The way to make sure that a system actually works is to not have means testing. And uh, yeah, if a rich person gets a two grand check, that doesn't really make that much difference. difference. You've got to make sure that every poor person who does need it gets the check. And
0: really, every uh, nobody has put forth anything that the the cutoff has always been somewhere around like I think seventy five to eighty thousand yeah. dollars on your previous year's taxes. Rich people are pretty much eliminated from that. You know, yeah. it's it's middle class on down that would be getting the checks, and I just when I see people trying to talk out of helping people in the midst of a pandemic, it's like, Oh, really? Let's, let's not, tr- this shouldn't take tooth and nail. You know, you shouldn't be having to be shouldn't be like pulling teeth to make well, the, sure that people are, are protected.
1: Yeah. The, the f- incredibly frustrating thing about all of it, especially in regards to America, the same is true to a degree here as well. Is that the the miserly, penny pinching garbage of oh well? Can we actually afford this okay. and that? And can we oh can we maybe if we give them six hundred dollars and blah, blah, is never ever replicated when it comes to spending trillions on nuclear weapons. No, and it's never when when America already with the most bloated uh, military budget in the world spends another seventy billion on ridiculous weapons of, of death and destruction. It's never. Oh, can we afford this? Oh, what about oh, can we afford this latest bombing run? What about all these uh, these drone strikes? Can we actually afford this when we've got crumbling roads and people going hungry? It's never it's never replicated, and therefore I have to wonder whether they're entirely sincere.
0: Yes, it it really does come into question. Well, and yes, I think one of the other things I, I was having a conversation with my sister the other day uh, where. I said, and, and I don't, maybe this isn't true of like the UK, um, but our economy in America is definitely hinged on people buying things, you know, like, yeah. and not, not just the necessities. It, we don't work if people don't have streaming services. We don't, We if people aren't buying TVs, if people aren't buying, you know, DVD players or well, Blu-ray players, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, the if people are not buying stuff they don't need, our economy, the stores are going to be in trouble because most stores aren't selling necessities.
1: Yeah, it, absolutely. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm brought back to um, John Maynard Keynes of Keynesian economics fame, who's a really interesting chap you should look into uh, for everyone. Yeah. Um he made the prediction that by the year 2000, uh, we'd all be working two day weeks. And people, love these capitalists, laugh, they scoff at this. But the thing is, without the instigation of the uh, consumer economy, which you just outlined there about people buying yeah. shit they do not need, we could be working two day weeks. Yeah, That could absolutely happen. And we may still be able to do so um, in a post-scarcity society, if we were able to uh, bring about a mechanization of the economy, in a productive way or in a productive way for humanity, rather than it being a negative, putting people out of work. Why not have it so that we all work one day a week?
0: And I, I mean, you look at, exactly, you look at this, you look at this system and we're, right now we're pretty much stuck in a capitalist system, which always makes it funny when people, you know, you, the, the old cartoon adage of the, uh, you oppose capitalism, yet you, Yeah. Yeah. Yet you work within the capitalist system.
1: Yeah. I am very smart. Yes.
0: Yes. You know, and it's like, yes, I want to make money too. Yes. I started my Patreon in the hopes that eventually someday between with this pop podcast, with my art, that maybe I'm making some extra money to Hmm. supplement. Maybe that is how I am able to supplement keeping the podcast going both with, you know, updating equipment and, Buying the stuff I want to talk about. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah, well, I had to. I uh, managed to talk. Do you know, uh, Mexi, the Canadian yeah. Um, socialist? Yeah, uh, she does YouTube and stuff, obviously. Right, yeah. And I remember when she was sort of um, saying, uh, I, she was like, on Twitter saying, I'm not sure if I should start a, a Patreon or not. It seems maybe like uh, maybe I'm, I don't want to be appear to be exploiting people. And, yeah. so on and, so and I just said to her, Look, we might want an end to capitalism, but you can't dream it into existence. We still exist in that world. You yeah. need to you need to like pay bills and rent and eat. Mm-hmm. So just start the fucking Patreon woman. Yeah. And she went, Oh, okay, fair enough. You know.
0: you, you know, Glenn Greenwald yesterday going off on impeachment, uh mm. he, when when he was oh, well, it's really just Democrats trying to get revenge and, and prove and it's like, I get it. George the George Bush administration was was awful they start and and they started our our two big wars yes you shouldn't ignore that but that ship sailed because what did we do when obama took office democrats said we need to come together we need to ignore the past yeah now now glenn greenwald thinks we should ignore the terrible things of trump because he thinks he's he wasn't worse you know, it's like if if it's a country full of brown people, he's worried about you know fascists. If it's a white president,
1: fascism's fine. Yeah, it's yeah, it's um, it's so it's so annoying to see. But I understand why they're doing it. But uh, yeah, with, say Biden going, you know, we need to heal, we need to come together. That's you know good presidential father. Right. But I do hope he doesn't actually try and govern in that way because. They've already set themselves so they're never gonna vote for anything he puts forward.
0: Well, and the thing I feel like is healing unity and healing are not separate issues from like people facing consequences for wrongdoing. Yeah. You don't if you have cancer, you cut the cancer out to the best the doc of the doctor's ability you clean the wound and you work on, and that's when you work on the healing and you might have other medicine, medications and stuff to try and bring about the unity. Yeah. It, it, you, you don't solve, you don't, that, that healing and unity they talk about doesn't happen by ignoring what has happened for the past four years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah.
0: And, and, justice has to be a part of healing and unity and if you're going to take justice out of out of that whole scenario then you're not going to have healing and unity you're going to be having a performative uh you know virtue it's virtue signaling there in that yeah case. absolutely yeah they're they're just well, saying oh and and Republicans always think we need to acquiesce to them like they're acting like they hold all the cards right now
1: yeah. Well, that's how they, I mean, they always have more power as a percentage than their numbers yeah. should show. And the Democrats always have less because the Democrats trying constantly to bridge across the, the aisle. And yes. it's pointless in doing so. We saw during the entirety of Obama's um, um, uh, uh, second His term entire- where they had yeah. where they had, uh, the, the House, they were always just going to constantly, the only thing they would do would send bills to him about repealing the ACA.
0: Exactly. Yeah. If, if it was That's something all they that, would do. Yeah. if it was something that would benefit their, you know, what their pet projects, they sent it through, or they would use their pet pot projects to like torpedo, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and the, the fact that we spent of uh, the first half of Donald Trump's presidency with both, you know, I mean, he walked in with everything. And the fact that we constantly were having to try and win over like john mccain and maybe three or four other republicans to please stop him
1: yeah well it was remarkable given that he walked in and he had all three branches in his pocket and he was able to stack the uh the the courts and all the rest of it he was still unable to do virtually anything he was rubbish in terms of actual legislation right he was only ever this was totally government by um Uh, executive order which is what they complained about with obama and what they will begin to complain about when biden starts it but they loved it when trump was doing it
0: oh and they had no trouble approving you know uh increasing the debt wasn't a problem for them they they would give trump things he wanted but you know it wasn't usually totally up to him you know those first two years largely you know because like if it was something that trump and the republicans were in total alignment on, then they got it, you know, we're going to totally do over taxes. And the funny thing is, is because they made the decision that they did, where they gave everything to corporate, all the benefits of the new tax updates to corporate. And I'll admit, I'm still smarting from the fact that I bought a house in 2019. So I didn't get the the tax credit for that, that people used to get. For buying a new, for buying a new home. First time I'm a homeowner and (laughs) they took that away the year before I bought a home, you know, and it's like, you, you know, they helped the, the ultra rich with their tax code. And so they didn't really have anywhere to go when COVID hit or as even before COVID hit, when they were trying to figure out ways to win people over, which is usually done by a, you know, some kind of tax cut. They didn't really have a lot that they could do that would benefit the nation and benefit the working people because they jumped the gun and just went right to helping the people at the top.
1: Yeah. Well, that's all they're there for. That's all they stand. That's all they they intend to help is just the ultra wealth. Yeah. Uh,
0: You know, I try not to ever like become like a total stand for, you know, any politician. Yeah, But I think the thing that does give me I, I, the closest I come is like all the, all the members of the squad. I mean, I, I like Ilhan Omar. Uh, she's my, she's my representative. And I know there are people oh, cool. that, you know, I, I voted for, I, I was a little bummed actually when I started getting some of the early primary stuff and I'm like, Oh, Hey, we, another progressive running. And then I realized, Oh Wait, this guy's running against Ilhan Omar, and the more I, you know, was looking, it was like, oh, these people have some pretty shape. This was like the corporate Democrats that wanted to try and run out, you know, get rid of like the Squad.
1: Yeah, and oh, that—that was the it, funniest element of the entire um, uh, uh, primary season. Yes, was the amount of dark money that poured into AOC's competitor. And AOC still absolutely just walked it. Oh,
0: they flattened their opponent. I mean, in in the election, that's the thing that's so funny to me when people are like, oh, all the really hardcore lefty stuff really hurt us. No, No, all the hardcore lefty people got reelected. It was the people who weren't hardcore lefties that got
1: replaced, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, None of the squad got uh, unseated. The squad grew. You yeah, know? exactly. And yeah, the progressive caucus now I think is the largest caucus in the Democratic Party in the House.
0: And and so I am hopeful that they will bring about some changes. I'm hoping also that we can kind of get mended with. Well, it might be hard because you guys still have you guys still have Boris, don't you? Uh,
1: alas, so yes, um, yes, a, a, a horrible gift that America gave to us.
0: Yes. Oh, I mean, and that was one of, that's one of the, whenever, sometimes the people are like, well, why do all these other people care? And it's like, we profoundly, Trump profoundly affected some aspects of the European continents.
1: You know, yeah. Well, it's, where, when people ask me why I care so much, it's because it, the the election of the American government matters probably about as much as the election of our own government. We are, uh essentially little more than a vassal state at this point
0: one well, and, and and our our countries have a long history together and tend to interact and tend to support each other
1: you know so it's like true i mean the, i mean the perfect example of that is with the insurrection on capitol hill yeah. that was the first time it had been breached by uh, foreign powers or outside powers yeah. since uh, the war of 1812. 1812. In right and i was thinking to myself we don't have much left. We don't have many records left or anything here in Britain. We're not a very big country anymore. You have to take that one from us too.
0: Yeah. You <laughs> can't just let us keep that.
1: <laughs> oh, we're, we're, we're
0: not, uh, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not being very helpful in uh, that kind, you know, that historical part of yeah.
1: it. Yeah, Brexit, Brexit Britain's not winning, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, it, it's so weird to me, with America, how there's a whole part of this country that doesn't get that flying the, 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 that Confederate, the stars and bars is not, that's not an American flag. That's not American culture. That's, yeah. that's the people. I, the, the fact that the two biggest identifiers for a lot of these guys uh, that support Trump are the Confederacy, and Nazis?
1: Yeah, two the, wars.
0: Who, who both lost their wars.
1: Yeah, they're obsessed with, <laughs> with, with standing countries that lost wars to America, which is fun.
0: I, I just, yeah, I, I look at so much of that, and I'm like, how, how can you not see, especially if you're going by, you know, patriotism? Yeah. You know, how can you not see... The, that that's not really patriotic
1: <laughs> well it's absolutely yeah they're chanting usa usa well the, the stars and bars are behind them you think you're you're mad you're actually mad i yeah. don't know how else to describe it i don't i genuinely still don't know why that's allowed why you're allowed to have it, like confederate statues like the nazis bombed british cities we don't have like goering statues on every corner what you the guys, fuck is wrong with you? What you
0: guys sad? don't put up like a statue of Hitler next to like next to like right in the center of parliament?
1: No, no. <laughs> we, although we do have some fucking weird people like yeah. uh, Richard the Lionheart, for instance, who was French, but whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: The Germans whole re- reaction to Hitler and, and, and the Nazis has been, this is shameful. We don't accept Holocaust denial. We don't, you know, the whole idea that having a a statue of, you know, a Confederate general is somehow not honoring that Confederate general. It's just acknowledging history. Really? Yeah. You you don't put up statues of people you resent,
1: you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not just that. Yeah. the, The idea, well, that's how people learn about history. No, it isn't. No, no, it isn't. No one's ever learned virtually anything about history from a statue because they've just got yeah. like, the name and maybe a date, sometimes a quote from the person. You're yeah. not learning anything from that. That's it, It's such an obvious lie. Those statues need to be ripped down every last one of oh, them, every street name, every university, every uh, military base, everything needs to be renamed. You need to and, scrub that scum from American society.
0: And the fact that trump has pushed so hard against like rename the military said yeah we should probably rename these these bases to oh yeah but you know but not captain, be traitors but
1: captain bonespurs you know. knows more than the military though so oh of course he, yeah.
0: he knows more and he hires the best until they well, he's got the bigliest, something he doesn't like
1: he's got the bigliest <laughs> brain he knows all of the things that ah. these tiny little pleb people there don't understand it yeah
0: for me, anyways, especially probably the last year, I would say, uh, you, the, the the political the the political left YouTube largely and it, like your streams uh, have been kind of sanity help for me. You know, <laughs> like I need I need this. Yeah, some of it's on the fly, and and it I I'm sure probably was with, with doing the live streaming. Yeah. If you were doing a video, you wouldn't have like, okay, I'm scrolling. Okay. I'm doing a search. You know, if you were just doing editing together a video, but at the same time, just kind of that on the fly of trying, one of the things you guys tend to try and do is verify, you know, when you're doing your searches, you, you'll double check. Sometimes stuff gets out there that, you know, like the guy getting ta- the guy tasering himself in the balls that becomes holy writ before, before it ends up being that somebody says, uh, yeah, no, that didn't actually happen. But by then it just kind of becomes this weird meme.
1: But like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look, it's just it's funny regardless. Like yeah. the fact that it wasn't true is a shame, but you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, you you kinda when when's when a death is that absurd, you kind of want it to be true, I guess, in a way.
1: But yeah, kind of, yeah. I think not so. that
0: not that I, I I don't really celebrate anyone. I think you know, the the woman who got shot by the capital officer. I'm sorry for her family and her that she's dead, but I also feel like you stormed the Capitol building and that's a risky proposition.
1: Exactly. This is the thing, right? I don't wish death on on her or any of those people. This didn't need to happen, but they made it happen. That's the point. They did the thing. The fact that the police reacted to the thing, like I feel sorry for uh, Jacob Blake because he didn't do anything to get shot. This woman right. did do something to get shot. That's. I'm not and, celebrating. I'm not saying it's a good thing. But when you're the one that brings it upon yourself, it's difficult to sort of feel genuinely sorry for them. I feel pity for them in many respects, but I don't feel and, sympathy for them.
0: And let's face it. A lot of these uh, cops in the, uh, in the Capitol, they're sympathetic to that, to these people.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I,
0: they, I mean, the- I'm – the there police was a, and military
1: a, are riddled with these people
0: yeah, yeah and and i think there was i i think in the interview that they played they played an interview with one of the guys who with one of the capital cops uh yesterday i saw and you guys might have even watched it in the video uh or a, a portion of it where there it was a this capital cop he was out of uniform but basically he was saying hey i it's great that you guys are here but you can't come in the building type of thing you know was yeah. his attitude he didn't yeah. disagree with them
1: yeah he just well, i mean and yeah, yet so they
0: beat him you know yeah.
1: well the guy who uh, died the sick man yep. the officer who died was a trump fan
0: yeah they which which apparently i <laughs> i was like when these things happen and you get those uh those media people who go you're gonna have to deal with this hard fact deal with what i yeah. mean it it it's it doesn't really hurt anything, you know. It doesn't damage anything of my opinions on the in, event, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, and that that's one of the things I appreciate in watching your, the the videos is you guys adding that commentary because sometimes you just you need that, yeah. and then sometimes you need uh, was it was she a South Korean woman singing Chinese.
1: Danzy oh, Chinese sings American Danzi. Chinese American okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, no, she's fucking crazy as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, my god. I always try and bring funny nonsense into it as well. Because yes. it's like this it's the same with the descent of the Man of, uh, of man O sphere videos yeah. that um I always try to add in funny nonsense to it because otherwise it's just unremittingly dark. Da- and yes. It's difficult for me to 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 uh, deal with that on just on a psychological level. And so therefore it must be really unwatchable for the viewer. <laughs> so you try and add in some humor and some uh some commentary and maybe uh, like you say some musical stuff if it's especially if it's funny like we watched um, one of baked Alaska's <laughs> atrocious songs last night so you know was, we do that sort of thing as well to try and at least break up the darkness you know
0: was was baked Alaska was that the one where it was kind of like the uh it, it was like uh, an auto-tuned one
1: yeah auto-tuned we love our cops our law enforcement oh, we love okay. our military yep. they're important <laughs>
0: i it's i genius. i I basically uh it, my work shift had started so i have it playing in the background and so yeah. you know sometimes i kind of miss full context and of course then there's the palate cleansers of the cute little animals the kitties and
1: yeah you're just gonna break it up and it's a roller coaster you go from oh this person did a murder and then oh look at this cat and dog <laughs> oh, playing together
0: <laughs> a, look at these friends there's a, the, the, the little crocodile on the big crocodile
1: yes that yes. was cute <laughs> little crocodiles are cute no doubt about it
0: yeah yeah you know that's one thing i like about even just owning having three cats the you know they're like they're kind of palate cleansers when the day has not been particularly great
1: yeah exactly i'll crawl <laughs> into bed and rory cats gives me a little kiss Ex- and it's you know the world's fine it's all good Ex-
0: yeah you know uh, one of the reasons, uh, one of the reasons I uh, thought I'd avoid doing too much of a political podcast is: uh, do people need another cis white guy with who, who loves cats disseminating opinions on them?
1: Yes. There are, you, uh, when is the white man ever going to be allowed to speak? Yes. Really? <laughs> We've been marginalized for too long, brethren.
0: Well, it's kind of like the the conspiracy theories. We do need to figure out a way to start breaking the fever of stuff like QAnon. That matters. It's got to be done. But I honestly, I don't have the answer to that. I I think that was the other thing about the fifth that sucked. We couldn't even celebrate Georgia.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's what me. Well, the show me and Christy were going to do was like, yay, Georgia. And then a kind of insurrection (laughs) happened, which was a bit unfortunate.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm like... uh, uh, that that just then and that overtook everything All the it's like and everybody's um people have breached the capitol building and it's like what the hell is going on and yeah it didn't get a chance i feel like every every chance everything every time we've had a moment we should be able to celebrate in the last you know since the election every single time it gets taken away because Donald Trump has his army of, of you know, yeah. th- this army of people who are convinced by his lies. Now, one of the uh, one of the, the newer features that you've added in that I suspect if you weren't streaming would have ended up becoming a uh, might have be- become like a uh, another little like uh, series uh, is the conservatives of cancel culture.
1: <laughs> yes, that's because uh, it, it it really annoys me that they go on about through these right wingers going about uh, cancel culture. Yes, uh, when clearly they are one of the worst embodiments of cancel culture. They do it constantly. It's... and it's something yes. I've noticed this rising tide. I mean, even you have during the um, the impeachment debate the other day, they they literally kicked off with "Oh, cancel culture! This is going." it's their new thing it's their new version of this is communism or something i don't know it's very strange yeah
0: they they really and they get really hung up it's the the fact that they uh, constantly are conflating free speech with you know uh, the free speech absolutism it always is kind of funny to me because these are the people that think you shouldn't be able to force a a person to bake a cake for a gay wedding
1: yeah and they're constantly cancelling people yeah
0: this idea that suddenly a private company cannot kick people off their platform and you had all this certain you know when they whenever like matt gates constantly repeating his uh his count drops of followers and it's like dude they're all nazis and bots why are, why are, why are you shining a light on yourself like that?
1: Yeah. They, I mean, the, God almighty. Yeah. They all, they all do this. They all do the, um. they've all been telling on themselves over the last week about, you know, Nazis and bots being kicked off Twitter. Oh, I've lost lots of Twitter subscribe or a lot of Twitter followers. I haven't. I've actually yeah, gained slightly. I, yeah. I'm fine. Uh, I've
0: not, uh, I've never once, you know, and granted I don't, I have like, 600 followers on Twitter. So um, still, I didn't see any drop. Uh, so clearly I'm not being followed by bots or Nazis, thankfully. Um, but, you know, when they were making se- and they were making such a huge deal of it. And, and then when Twitter's like, well, you know, we're kind of doing a standard purge and they've done these purges in the past. It yeah. isn't like this is new. But somehow this time around, because it was all connected or, you know, it, it happened so close to Trump being banned, uh, which I still don't get. They could have, they could have presented like hundreds of tweets, like him threatening Iran.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, no, he should have been kicked (laughs) up ages ago, you know?
0: And it's funny that people are, that, that people on the right got so upset about it happening at this point. A man who has his own private TV studio is somehow a victim of cancel culture because now he can't reach his his masses.
1: Yeah, it's it's not cancel culture in the slightest. I mean, <laughs> they're literally saying like uh, the there that fantastic thing of the congresswoman, is it uh, Bobber, Lauren? Bobbert, oh yeah, with the word censored across. Oh her,
0: no, that was uh, that was green. That oh, was Taylor Gray. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. With that um, big
0: censored and blazoned her yeah. mask,
1: as she was speaking into a microphone on live international television,
0: and they just their concept. Well, oh, it's and it's even. uh well, who was it who tweeted out? Oh, Elon Musk's um, make comedy legal.
1: Yeah. Oh, and it's like, like, I mean,
0: there's been so many. Like uh, on the majority report the other week, they had a conversation about how, you know, comedy doesn't age well. And you always have the old adage of, well, they couldn't make Blazing Saddles today. No, they couldn't because the environment for Blazing Saddles to be made doesn't exist today. It's a very different environment. And people seem to miss that. They always bring up Blazing Saddles, but they're always defending the lamest of comedy you know yes. <laughs> i'm i'm sorry but you, steven crowder is not doing blazing saddles level comedy he is no. not mel brooks
1: <laughs> he's not no no he really really isn't
0: and and so when people i i cuz comedy definitely ages poorly and part of that is times change things that people didn't th- think about have become less, and some of it is, especially with so-called edgy humor, constant exposure to it lessens the, the impact of it. So what might've seemed outrageous, but hilarious 10 years ago, after people doing the same bits and gags for you know 10 years, it doesn't feel very transgressive. yeah
1: absolutely yeah it's uh, comedy changes so so fluidly just like the rest of culture in many respects that what was funny 10 years ago isn't funny now let alone 30 40 50 years ago obviously and what's funny in 50 years from now would be seen as crazy or out there or whatever now um it's uh, the idea that there's some sort of standard whereby well because this thing from the past isn't okay now therefore something's gone terribly wrong like uh, for instance that i always would juxtapose these people's complaints with the sketch the um the seven things you can't say on t or words you can't say on tv by yeah. george carlin all of those words you can now say on, now TV. Say
0: on tv oh yeah and
1: so after and, political correctness comes about you can now say these words so how is it that you're being censored in any way
0: and even carlin allotted criticism I mean, it's funny to me how Carlin is often held up as the paragon of, you know, offensive for offensiveness sake and how he would roll over in his grave if he saw what comedy has become. And it's like, he actually has interviews where he suggested that some comedy is not funny.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's (laughs) some shit you shouldn't say. Yeah. That, yeah. And, you you know we all, I think we all got things we've enjoyed that you look back on years later and think whoa it's, that's yeah, incredibly like that, so
0: yeah and you know there are some things where I can look back and I go well yes for the time there, there's some there's some stuff in here that doesn't age well but I still like it you know and I always think back to like with with the like the skeptic community which birthed which really did seem to birth. Gamergate, and you know, the whole hate on for Anita Sarkeesian. And yeah, one of the things that always stood out to me is they're selectively, and I think one of your videos, as well as one of Sean's videos, may have even pointed this out how they would have their selective edits of her where it does sound really bad, what she's saying. And then you hear the whole thing and it's like, yeah, I I would see all these bad things. And I finally realized, you know what? It's still okay to like it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. She's not arguing you can't like the things that are being criticized. It's just be willing to engage the criticism. And that's how I always feel about it. To me, there's always gonna be stuff in entertainment. There's always gonna be comedy. I, I would much rather discuss why a joke didn't work then just blame the PC community you know when I hear comedians blame the audience it's like because their joke didn't land and it's like no you're the comedian you're supposed to be the professional at this your your joke if your joke didn't work that's a, that's on you not not PC culture
1: yeah exactly yeah you blame the audience all you like ultimately your job as a comedian is to get a laugh.
0: And, you know, some people like guys like Ricky Gervais kind of thrived on doing that kind of, you know, and, and Louis CK, funny how many creeps, you know, thrived on that kind of comedy. And, (laughs) and, and and then people, it's like, you know, the can't like with me too, and people trying to tie me too, isn't cancel culture guys. Me too is literally, literally people doing bad things. It wasn't louis case louis ck said some some off color things no louis ck wasn't canceled for his jokes he was canceled for stuff he did outside that i'm pretty sure would get you fired from any job
1: from any job yeah any job whatsoever
0: And, and and yet so much of the the reactionary community wants to make these jokes or make it about oh it's it's people not being allowed to tell jokes.
1: No. <laughs> no, it's got nothing to yeah, it's it's uh, it's such obfuscation of reality.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that that's why I always enjoy watching like both in the streams and in, in your Prager U videos and the Descent of Man O Sphere. I I appreciated that whole I that you know sitting down and going. No, you know, going through sometimes line by line to say, no, Tim Pool, this is not what's going
1: on. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Thanks again. I really do appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. And uh, Yeah. yeah, we'll talk another time, huh? Yes. I really want to thank Kevin
0: for taking the time out of his day to join me for this conversation Uh, while not meaning for this podcast to be heavily political or current events driven. For me, uh, Kevin's stream is really pretty much a daily listen uh, and it really does uh, help me uh, with watching some of the craziness that uh, has unfolded during the last few years. You can find Kevin on his YouTube channel, And also on Twitter at Kurt F. Logan. Now that's Kurt with a K. K K-U-R-T-F-L-O-G-A-N. Sadly, you can no longer follow him on Parler, uh, where he is known as the Ghost of Chavez. uh, Because, well, they're no longer functional. I recommend Kevin's channel for a fun way to kind of face some of these dark times we are living in. And you can also find Kevin on Patreon under Kevin Logan uh, in case you would like to, you know, give him some, some support financially each month. And speaking of Patreon, I too have a Patreon. Uh, Search Tom Wade. That's capital T H O M space capital W, A-D-E. Currently, there are two tiers. Uh, For a mere $2 a month, you can get behind-the-scenes posts, see some of my artwork, and more importantly, pictures of my adorable cats. For $5 a month, you get all that, and four to five times a year, you're also going to get original art by me. Uh, I plan to also start to include uh, bonus mini episodes in the future that will be exclusive to the Patreon, uh, supporters. And thanks again to Kevin Logan for joining me today. If you look in the description for this episode, you will find links to Kevin's YouTube channel, his Twitter, and his Patreon. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Again, I am Tom Wade, and I can be found on Instagram and Twitter under at Tom Wade. That is at T-H-O-M as in map, W-A-D as in delta, E. And until next time, Take a moment for yourself to relax with something that brings you joy. A story, a song, some art. Maybe take several moments.